Some secular donuts right there. I'm Anne McNamee-Keels. And I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Lapsed. A podcast about growing up Catholic. And today we are talking about Ash Wednesday. We are. It just happened. So maybe you saw some people walking around. Maybe you saw people with ashes. They were out there. Mm -hmm. Do we want to start with other Catholicism in the news? Anything else we need to cover? I mean, are you doing well? I guess we should. (laughs) (laughs) Am I doing well? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. The Catholic-related disappointment recently for me in my personal life that is not real, but uh, (laughs) I normally on Fat Tuesday on Uh, Mardi Gras, I am not a king cake person. I'm a punchki person. Oh, yeah, yeah. Punchki, I think is how you say it, uh, which is the Polish. It's like a jelly donut, basically, but so good. And there's like bakeries around here that specialize in them, and it's a big deal to get your punchki order in didn't do it well no i uh could have but i'm gluten-free this is my first year as a gluten-free person and i did find a bakery that was offering gluten-free ones but too late and when i looked it up it said that they wouldn't have my order available till wednesday and i despite being lapsed i was like i can't eat punchkis on ash wednesday i do it there's a mental block. I wouldn't enjoy it. I can't do it. They should so, know better, frankly, if they're offering. <laughs> can you believe it? I'm like, well, they're not Catholic. because wow. Some secular donuts right there. <laughs> and then I was going to make up for it because I read one a couple years ago that it's Pancake Tuesday in Ireland. And I was like, why are we not doing that? Um, I so I was going to do pancakes. But then I was going out that night and I just didn't have time. I was going to do pancakes for dinner. Anyway, we just ordered pizza. <laughs> that was my. I was like, I need some type of indulgence. So I got a gluten-free pizza that I had been excited about trying, and that was good. So I'm calling that my my Mardi Gras celebration, but it's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. You know, I always give up my social media for Lent. Yes. And it already feels so good. Like, I just feel relaxed in a very good way. But I was like, well, it's Mardi Gras, so I have to indulge. So I was on social media, like, so much more than <laughs> I've ever been. And indulge in whatever the thing is that you're going to give up. Yeah. I was looking at everyone's reels. I was like, yes, everything they suggested to me that I usually ignore because I don't want to change my algorithm. I was like, show it to me. I want all the animals. Give me the babies. I want the horrible mom advice. <laughs> Just give it to me. I, I don't know that I ever took full advantage of that idea of, like, specifically indulging in the thing I'm going to give up. And I think that I haven't either. I just went for it. (laughs) That's really smart. It's like making yourself, you know, really sick on the, like if you're trying to quit cigarettes, smoke a pack or something. (laughs) So you don't want it anymore, right? I was so mad at Instagram by, I was going to say midnight, but I definitely went to sleep at nine o'clock. So. um. Oh man. I wonder, will this impact, those probably impact your uh, Catholicism in the news for a little while, but. It's, right. I'm gonna have to like seek it out. It won't just come tumbling yeah. into my into <laughs> to my your streams. brain, yeah, <laughs> to your eyeballs. Mm. But okay, so what do you, I mean? There's some you got some things things that happened. Sure. I mean, I'm guessing you heard about the bishop in Los Angeles. No, you haven't heard about this. Everyone's been telling me about it and sending it to me. The Bishop of Los Angeles, O'Connell is his name. Checks out. Was murdered oh. in his home. Ah. 
the housekeeper, her husband just admitted yesterday to being the murderer. <gasps> I mean, of course, I'll presumed innocent because maybe he's, I don't know, false confession. I don't know. So, you know, presume the innocence. Yeah. But Bishop David O'Connell was, was shot five times. Oh, my God. Is there like a motive or anything? So he had said it was because something about not getting paid. But then mm. the police, I don't know if they should have done this, but released the fact that when he turned himself in, he gave like multiple different motives and none of them made sense. And then it came out that this gentleman had a lot of history of drug drug use. So like maybe narcotics mm. were involved. Part of me is like believing that. And part of me is also like, I don't trust the story. So you never know. Right. I feel like there's so much hidden lives of priests and bishops at a media. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what was going on? Mm-hmm. So, so far I've been looking to see what people think of this particular bishop. It seems pretty good like usually sometimes I'll be like this bishop had a complicated history or something like that he was a pretty big advocate for like the immigrant families coming into his area he helped a lot with the homeless and Mm. he was he was born in Ireland and learned Spanish so apparently he had a really cute voice because of his like Irish inflicted Spanish (laughs) I mean of course right now that's what people are saying we'll see what happens in, Mm. in the days to come Oh, man. I didn't even see that. It's like scandalous. And then did you ever see that movie with Ed Norton where he, I think he kills a bishop or a priest at least? Well, I don't think so. Um, what was that movie? Richard Gere's in it. It's all about multiple personality. Anyway, that movie like screwed me up. It was really the movie that launched Ed Norton's career. Primal Fear. Primal Fear was a P. Okay. Just transparency i googled ed norton kill priest movie and it says primal fear 1996 edward norton's film career was launched with his appearance See? alongside richard Gere in primal <laughs> fear it's like you're reading the thing <laughs> i'm basically imdb yeah no i so, said because he it was a, this you know virtuoso performance because he played oh this infl- he's an altar boy who murders boy. a priest jeez louise yeah. how do i know oh you have to watch this movie so i immediately got suspicious of this bishop because of that movie probably yeah but well um, yeah so that's like yeah it's big news that's scary mm-hmm. well condolences that's to the family because that sounds pretty horrifying right for them and the community a lot of uh, immigration lawyers who work in la were saying he was a really big advocate for people oh. that they worked with so yeah. they're mourning him pretty effectively yeah in other obituary news, which is a weird way to transition, but I don't know how else to do it. It's how Catholics talk. Right? The Chicago Sun-Times just had this beautiful write-up of Sister Vivian Ivantic. Okay. I don't know if you heard of her. No. She lived to be 108. So she, she lived a nice long life. She was a Benedictine sister. I'm seeing world's oldest Benedictine. But I wanted to bring her up because she fervently believed that women should be able to become priests. Oh, good for you, sister. So she was this a little rebel sister. How did I not know this? This is local stuff. This is local. Yeah, it's like it's Chicago. Uh, she's Slovenian. Mm. So we've, like between the two of us, it's got, <laughs> it's got all the things. She taught at St. Scholastica. Oh, all right. Yeah. She had a, a little bit of brandy every night. Love it. She would have gotten along with my grandma who liked her Southern comfort. Right? And I, this is my favorite 
thing, the prioress, which is just, I love the way that title sounds. The prioress of the Benedictine Sisters of Chicago said that Sister Vivian took up the ministry of feeding the squirrels peanuts on the grounds of the monastery. I did not know could be a ministry. So I, oh my gosh, I love that. And a spoiler to some of our listeners, we have an upcoming interview that's really great with a lovely person, (laughs) a lovely woman named Nat. I don't, I don't want to give any, I don't want to give too much away because her story is incredible. She's a Mm -hmm. parent educator and a kid educator and lots of other amazing things, but we're going to have an interview with her. But something that didn't come up in in that interview that we've already recorded, but stuff that you should know is that Nat also feeds squirrels peanuts. You need to send Nat this obituary. I have a small number of people I know or know of who feed peanuts to squirrels. And even though I wouldn't do it, I do not care for squirrels personally. Me neither. But the people who do, there's like a snow white quality to feeding peanuts to squirrels. And I feel like God love you if that's what you like to do. I'm not going to harsh your mellow there. I do get the appeal. They're cute. Like I see it. From a distance. One time one landed on my lap in a park and stole my breakfast sandwich (laughs) and I've hated them ever since. Our local squirrels will straight up jump on strollers and steal snacks. That has happened. Uh, But no, my friend Annie, who I is not Catholic, but I went to Catholic school. I know from Catholic school. I watched her one day in Chicago. We walked out of her house to go somewhere and then she looked down and there was a squirrel and she said, oh, did you want a nut? Hang on. I'll be right back. And then she walked no. back into her house and then the squirrel and I just stood there looking at each other. I was so confused. No. The squirrel stayed put and then she came back with the nut and the squirrel took it and left. she knows. Because they know each other. They're well acquainted. This must be a Chicago area thing as well. Yeah. That's why the squirrels here I are so mean, are jumping on my stroller. I, it's fine, guys. I still, I, I still appreciate it, but they are jumping on my stroller because of this. So... <laughs> Oh, wow. That was a deep dive into squirrels. I didn't mean to. It really That's is. very cute. And I love that as sister a ministry. Vivian. I just, everything about her was just like, yes, sister. Yes. Yes. She's <laughs> great. So rest in peace, sister Vivian. Uh, I hope you're I hope your dream that you did not get to see uh, become a reality once yes. one day becomes one. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Anything on your end that's non-obituary related? Yeah. I will actually, I'll start out with some positive religious sister news to go with yours yes something came on my feed that had to do with the sisters of mercy trying to stop the willow project which is a massive oil drilling operation in alaska's western arctic that threatens local communities and wildlife and global climate and they're urging the biden administration toward not not approving it yes sisters of mercy yes sisters of mercy i know and they've got this little thing you can send a message and it says it's someone affiliated with the Sisters of Mercy. I'm concerned about the harms from oil and gas industries in the environment, human communities, and the climate. I therefore urge the Biden administration to halt the Willow Development Project, which uh, there's some more stuff. And then it says, I stand with Pope Francis, who told a group of young economists last September, now is the time for new courage in abandoning fossil fuels to accelerate the development of zero or positive impact sources of energy. So I was like, Yes, sisters. Good for you. Right. And if Biden's a little bit Catholic still, at least you should listen feel, to them. I love that they're playing the Catholic card here. They're like, listen, yes. Mr. Catholic. The, the Pope says. Right. He loves the Pope. We've seen them. We saw them meeting. He's a fan. Come on, Biden. 
So then I was looking more widely at these kinds of, they call them action alerts that the Sisters of Mercy are doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read these to you. Here is what they, so on their website, they have action alerts. So scroll down to explore the current Sisters of Mercy work for justice. Get involved and raise your voice with ours. And then there's links you can click on for each of these things where it's like you can, usually it's like a link to send an email to someone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Urge President Biden and Congress to work for a diplomatic solution to war in Ukraine. North Carolina mm-hmm. Senate, pass Medicaid expansion. Stop mm-hmm. the Willow Project. We just heard that one. Mm-hmm. Please pray and act for reparations at a federal level. Mm-hmm. Urge the U.S. to ratify the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. North mm-hmm. Carolina, oppose reckless gun legislation. Mm-hmm. Call on President Biden to deliver on his commitment to immigration reform. Time to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Yes. National Gun Violence Survivors Week and urge Biden administration to denounce violent rep- uh, repression in Peru. Hello, Sisters of Mercy. Right? Yeah. So first of all, if I didn't know this was a Catholic affiliated organization, I would be like, like just looking at this organization, it's like, yeah, I want to support what they're doing. I want to get in it. Yeah. Those things are all awesome. I agree with all these things. I mean, I will say like, I don't know. I'm obviously very far removed at this point from the high school I attended run by the Sisters of Mercy, but it's the largest all-girl Catholic school in the U.S., second largest in the world. I think that's still the case in terms of how many students are there. I know that they do. They have something now that they didn't have before called like the seven critical concerns. And it has to do with like environmental justice, anti-racism, and they have them. And that's awesome. And they are learning about those things in theology class and bringing them up like at masses that they do and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of the practice of some of those things, anti-racism, for instance, last I checked, as far as I know, historically, there's like, no, I have, I didn't have any teachers of color. I think that's still the case, or there might be like one. Uh, well, and it is, there's a yeah. reason for that. Like, I think uh, when an organization says, well, people of color aren't applying here, I think the next question is why. And there's right. often a really good reason. Yeah. There have been some incidents at the school, as you can imagine, and lots of students of color coming out and saying that they don't, um, that they had negative experiences uh, and continue to have negative experiences. So lots of organizations talk about anti-racism and don't do it. So that. Oh, yeah. Real. Yes. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I'm still impressed with this list from a group of religious sisters. Absolutely. Again, had I been informed of them back in high school, I might have taken a very different journey. Like if I wanted to get involved in things and I that activist like spark was in me, but I had never I was never introduced to Catholics doing this at the time. Yeah. So I I just love this. The year that I had theology class we were supposed to be talking about social justice, I had a theology teacher who didn't seem much interested in social justice. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. But I did interact in other ways with theology teachers and other and other staff members at the school who were really rooted in this catholic social justice teaching kind of stuff and i was so i just remember being very hungry for it like anytime this type of stuff came up it was like yeah that's what i want to be doing so very cool yeah so go sisters there is another thing that came across my feed somehow (laughs) I think it's like a bigger rabbit hole maybe to jump down. But anyway, there's well, okay. here. I will send you. We're not going to go into the whole thing, but it's related to what we're talking about today. I'm going to send you a link. Let's see here. Lent for men. <laughs> Lent for men. I thought it said Lent lemon when I saw it in the th- oh, I no. tried- 
Lent for men starts now. It's Lent for men. There's like a meme. I can't find. They like created a meme for themselves and I can't find it on their website. I'm going to send it. Can I text it to you? Does that work? It's a podcast? So I'm sure lots of people know of this. I had not heard of this. There's a thing called Exodus 90 that's supposed to be this like Catholicism for men thing. And there's like an app and a podcast and... Okay, I just sent it to you. So I'm listening to this guy talk. Okay. Oh. Everything about him is wild. Okay. <laughs> His accent is very confusing. Right? Men who've journeyed to a spiritual exercise have entered the Easter season with a renewed sense of identity in Christ and became a better husband, father, brother, and friend. Do you want to describe the before and after? I actually don't hate this meme. I think it's funny. The before is a sort of gray-toned picture of a man staring like a zombie at a television while his wife... <laughs> is reading in warm light in the background. And the second picture is them with their hand, her head on his shoulder, just they're in, they're back in love. And the first comment underneath it says, I thought this was an ad for Viagra, which is exactly <laughs> what it looks like. It is what it looks like. I mean, exactly. hey, I don't hate the message of like the after Connect that you back. want is like connecting with your spouse. However, I would be like, I'd be concerned if he was watching TV and she was like doing dishes and stuff. Like that's crappy. She's just reading and having her own time. She looks very happy. She's reading. She has lovely flowers that somebody got. She has a great cup of coffee there. Like sometimes I don't want to be bothered while I'm reading. Personally, as a married person, I like having time with my spouse, like the after, but also I don't mind reading a book quietly while my spouse watches TV or vice versa. Like you need your alone time. It looks fine. She looks she's wearing a lovely business business casual sweater and like headband. She looks like she's well rested. That looks okay. She's doing great. She's like just you watch your stupid show that they just need better lighting by the TV, I think. That's it. Just need to get a lamp. Okay, so it says it starts every morning with the gospel of Mark, which now makes me very suspicious of the gospel of Mark. (laughs) I don't even remember the like what is he up to (laughs) with this toxic masculinity? Like what's happening there? Their whole deal is some one of our listeners is probably way too familiar with uh, Exodus 90. Okay, so what's Exodus 90? Tell me more. Some kind of whole franchise of Catholicism for men, basically. It's created by this guy, James Baxter. There's three things they always talk about. There's prayer, asceticism, and fraternity. So fraternity is like connecting with other men. Prayer is like read Lent reading and reflection. Offer up a holy hour of prayer daily. Asceticism is like get a full night's sleep. All right. That's I'm on board that sounds for that. Amazing. Abstain from video games. Abstain from watching TV, movies, and televised sports alone. I don't know. Whoa. Practice regular intense exercise. Listen only to music that lifts the soul to God. Abstain from eating between meals. I don't <laughs> so it's like a diet and also I don't know. Like watching yeah. TV alone. I mean, I guess you can still watch read a book alone. You're not supposed to watch TV alone, but like some people are introverts and need a little alone time to like veg out. I don't know. When some people live alone, like not everyone's married, right? That's true. Do you just I guess yeah, that's a good point. So if you live alone, you're never allowed to watch TV. You're just never allowed to watch television. Or you gotta invite people over. <laughs> oh, that must be it. You, you have like, to invite people. Weirdly and keep inviting people over to watch TV with you and they're like, What's up? You're like, I'm doing this lunch thing. I'm just, not allowed to watch unless you you're here. Can you just sit here? <laughs> this just reminds me I worked for a theater company and we were hiring for the technical positions. And so we looked at a group that was like underrepresented genders in in theater arts. Mm-hmm. Um it, and at one point it was like women in the technical art. Mm-hmm. 
So he got really mad, the person running this theater company. He's like, why isn't there a group for men? That? And I was like, I turned, and they're like, because the whole, the whole world thing is, is a group, group for men. The, the whole thing is men. And so so they need a little extra oomph for the people who aren't. And he like could not make this person understand. And this kind of feels like the same thing. It's like the whole Bible and the whole religion is for men. Why do you need, yeah. why do you need a group I mean, for I men? Because the whole. That comes back to the ironic stuff with Catholicism, right? It's like the people who have the most power are men. But actually, I think the people who tend to practice or like be in charge of their family practicing and their kids is women. Uh, Yep, yep. Unless it's like a super domineering man who's like, I'm the head of the house, like get into the sort of head of the household stuff. But that's like feels more rad trad than just like your run of the mill Catholic dude. I mean, I guess I can see like wanting a space for dudes to hang out with dudes to be catholic but i'm but it just really does i'm like but you get the whole you get all of it it just everything (laughs) has to be like dudeified even though men hold the power in the church i think there's this fear from men that it's like feminizing to be into religion you know or like talk about spirituality so they have to masculinize it yeah also in my husband's defense i will take offense because like he doesn't watch sports at all um just assuming what people are interested in right like it doesn't say no online shopping and like plenty of dudes enjoy or maybe it does i don't know but you know like plenty of dudes like online shopping it also is obviously very much assuming like you're a straight dude with a particular set of interests yeah it's like just straight out of a men's health magazine yeah lent for men all right so i guess that that brings us right into ash wednesday it really does (laughs) i know last year we did a real deep dive into lent which was very popular it's to this day listeners don't know this it is the most downloaded episode is our lent episode last year like by far so if you need a re-listen Everyone needed it. Everyone needed Lent. If you haven't listened, go back and listen because people are loving it. <laughs> I do want to go back and listen myself. What did we say? I know. We ta- so I know we talked about it last year. We talked about like Ash Wednesday growing up and we talked about me going during school and you going outside of school, but like being able to spot the other Catholics, which I had never considered. Oh, absolutely. Steph, I'm curious. Do you know when the last time is that you got ashes? That was... Ooh, probably when I was in high school. Mm, yeah. No, I think I maybe went once after that as a grown person. No, yeah, I probably went once or twice as a as a grown person in my twenties. On your own or like with family or something? With a friend that was Catholic. We're like, we should do this. And we went and got ashes, but it's been a long time. Well, I I guess I have an announcement. I got ashes this year for the first time i think since high school wow not at a catholic church i went our methodist church does it i didn't know non-catholics did it okay well i guess i'm giving away part of my quiz i'm gonna ask you stuff okay there we go (laughs) i'll know this answer Um, yeah our methodist church does it i had heard a couple years ago i think i heard an npr piece i feel like it was about the episcopal church in oak park but maybe not anyways that somebody was doing like ashes on the go that they were like just walking around handing out ashes, which I was like, look at those Protestants being so casual about their stuff. Yeah. Apparently, ashes appeal to a lot of people and they do to me too. And I don't know why. I was like kind of interested. I haven't been to church in a very long time. 
I will be honest. It was also the service was at 7 p.m., which is like right around the time my children were just like melting down and having various needs. And I was like, mm-hmm. going to an ashes service sounds pretty good right now. I'm going to go. Goodbye. Go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the one bummer for me, I think this is the Catholic in me. So our church is this lovely little uh, church and it is like old. We live, I mean, uh, the town I live in, like my house is 100 years old. Most of the buildings here are pretty old. Mm-hmm. And the actual like sanctuary and everything is really beautiful. But my church does this thing that I think is like a little more of a Protestant thing where they, if they're, especially if they're holding a smaller service or whatever, they will just hold it in like the community room kind of area that they have. What? Yeah. They do the same thing. They have a really nice short Christmas Eve family service thing that's really short and it's like fun and there's always like a toy for the kids to, I don't know. Um, but they yeah. do the same thing and it's not in the church. And for me, it is really a bummer, especially in the evening. Like I want like an evening service with like the peacefulness of the architecture. Like I think like 70% of all I'm there is for the aesthetics. Sure. I want the stained glass and the vaulted ceilings and everything. Oh, I know. But when people go to like evangelical churches and in, in strip malls and stuff, I'm always like, well, that's just no point to me. Like, what the, why are we here even? I know. It's- I mean, for them, it's like, yes, yeah, great. It gives you something. But I'm like, but if you're like a beautiful thing to look at i want beautiful (laughs) architecture that i did not have to clean and i can just sit there and enjoy a quiet clean space that's pretty nice floral arrangement sometimes yes yeah anyway so that part was a bummer but otherwise it was a very small service um it was really nice i thought it was a nice little thing there was a, a journaling activity in our bulletin what that i actually and then we got journals to take home but yeah it was like we had to write down, they give us pens. We had to write down um, like a, four things that, or something like four things that like bring your life meaning or that are integral to your happiness. It was all about love okay. and like lo- searching for love. Then you wrote down the things that are obstacles that get in your way to to fully enjoying those things in your life, which wow. is a good, I think that actually is a good exercise. That's like a prompt I get in my like life coaching notebook. Yeah. yeah, that's a good that's, that's a good thing to to consider. So mm-hmm. I found that, and it wasn't even like you have to give those things up. It was just more like, here's just something to reflect on. Like, just ask yourself these questions. Absolutely, I love it. And then the actual ashes were really nice too. And I like it's a small congregation, and I know our pastor, and it was just like a nice little moment. And she had like a whole little longer speech for each person. It felt very like personal oh. and. Uh, and then as I left, I told her I don't think I've gotten ashes since Catholic high school. And she thought that was funny. Because <laughs> it kind of was. She was like, wow, it's a long time. I was like, I'm giving away. I have not come to this in previous years. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. So I got ashes. And then I forgot they were in my head and I accidentally got it all over my hands later. Cause I... All right. Well, I gave away some things. But Steph, are you ready for an Ash Wednesday quiz? You know I love a quiz. <laughs> this will be testing your ccd teacher find, yeah what what's my ash wednesday like color <laughs> i want to find out i will be honest i did not know the answer to a lot of these things so i oh like, okay some of these i thought i knew but i wasn't sure okay so first of all Steph, yes when did ash wednesday become a thing i will give you multiple choice okay was it the 11th century the 15th century or the 20th century <laughs> uh 15th the 11th. 
Whoa, I did not think it was tricky once it came later, but it, no, okay. Yeah, we, with Catholicism, as we know, it could have happened 50 years ago. We give as much weight to everything, as whether it's like 2,000 years old or like 50 years old. It's right. Old. 11th century, actually, that came up at the service I was at. You mentioned okay. that Christians have been doing this since the 11th century, and I was like, that was the Catholics doing that. It was in my head, I thought that. I did see things that said as early as the 8th century, so I'm not clear... Most things at 11. Some were like, maybe even the 8th. Wow. There's various reasoning I saw around this. It was the practice in Rome for penitents and grievous sinners to begin their period of public penance on the first day of Lent in preparation for the restoration of having the Eucharist again. So they would like repent on that day. Oh, I feel like we brought that up once. Like that was the one day everyone repented, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of repentance. Okay. Uh, Jesus made reference to ashes. He said, if the miracles worked in you had taken place in Tyre and Sidon, all these places that we don't know what it means, they would have reformed in sackcloth and ashes long ago. So there's ashes. In the Middle Ages, those who were about to die were laid in the ground on top of sackcloth sprinkled with ashes. So yeah, ashes have been connected with the idea of like, death and rebirth and also repentance it feels like for a long time all right what does the priest say when he puts ashes on your forehead oh my god (laughs) uh father son the holy spirit is supposed to be a cross oh no it is supposed to be a cross so he says remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return okay i should know that one and as I recall, when we were kids, it was remember man that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Like, and then they took out the man part because I was like, oh, I guess women can come too. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> There's like an alternative apparently, but that is like the most common one. I read some things that said that that is from the Middle Ages for um, um, funerals. And then that was taken as part of Ash Wednesday. Mm. What are the rules, Steph, about leaving ashes on your forehead after you get them? This came up with my family because okay. one of my uncles wanted to wipe them off. And we were like, what are the rules? How long do you have to keep it on? I think as a child, I thought you had to leave them on until they came off naturally. So I, that's what I'm going to go with. I also thought that as a kid, and I think even now, turns out there are no rules. There are none? Ash Wednesday is weirdly devoid of rules is something I'm learning. It is a little bit of a... It's like anarchy in the Catholic Church. Free for all. There's no rules. You can wash them off right away if you want. I thought that was part of the deal because people like walk around. And actually it was interesting because they did do a reading at the service I was at. There was the reading about, you know, don't pray in public like the hypocrites do and said do it quietly. And I was like, but this is the opposite, right? Because we're like walking around with foreheads full of ashes. It's like the one day when you're like, I'm being super Christian right now. I'm so Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Or any Christian. I think people assume Catholic. And anyway, yeah. So you can do. You can wash them off as soon as you want. You can wash them off immediately. That's crazy. If you rubbed it off as you were walking back to the pew, I feel like there might be some side eyes. Oh, that's a little fast. (laughs) That would be intense, but like, yeah, no rules, no rules, stuff. That never happens in Catholicism. There's no rules. Yeah, there's usually like a treatise written. Like that's crazy. (laughs) Okay. Who celebrates Ash Wednesday? Catholics. Well, now I know. Uh, okay. Uh, some Protestant religions. I would say not all. Yeah. Like maybe not Baptists for some reason. I don't know why. No, I found a bunch of different lists. So <laughs> Catholics for sure. And it does feel like it's most associated with the Catholic Church. But 
There's other things too. I saw Catholics, Lutherans, Moravians, Anglicans, Methodists, Nazarenes, some churches in the Reformed tradition. See, I don't know what that's even all means because I'm not like well versed enough in Protestantism. Then I saw Anglicans, Episcopalians, Lutherans, United Methodists. That's where I was, and Presbyterians. But like, I know there's different kinds of Presbyterians. Right. Um, so I think like PCUSA does. Oh, some Baptists. Some Baptists. Oh. Definitely Catholics and some other Christians do as well. So who knew? I thought it was a Catholic thing mostly. That's wild. I know. Steph, I think you know this one. What are the ashes made from? What are they ashes of? Oh, what? The palms. Mm hmm. Yes. Prior year? Yeah. Palms from last year's Palm Sunday. Yes. There's an influencer I enjoy that I, who I follow, who's a Episcopal priest, I think, and her husband is also an Episcopal priest. And, uh, but I think she was raised Catholic. We should have her on the pod. Her name's Reverend Lizzie. I really like her. But anyway, she did a video because I had not heard this, but apparently she had gotten questions about whether the, there was a misconception by some people that the ashes were human cremains. <gasps> And she was like, I'm not putting human cremains on people's heads. Just so you know, don't be afraid. It's not human. That's <laughs> <palms>. wild. <laughs> she had heard that there were like rumors going around, which would be. Oh, the internet. I mean, I get like the debt to dust you shall return. So they're like, oh, is that, you know, like. Right. But how would you. What random human? No. Random. No. It's the saints. Yeah. Remains. That would be. Reliquary. Um, I feel like this is too big of a question. So whatever <laughs> i'll just ask and then i'll tell you some things that i found great what is the significance of ash wednesday why do we do it um well okay so be- you do it right before lent so i'm assuming mm-hmm. it has something to do with jesus's death and resurrection like you're getting ready to be worthy of that sacrifice maybe so yes I, there's a lot of things out there. I think one of the things I saw is ashes symbolize grief, grief that we've sinned and caused division from God, which if you talk to a, a lot of people, that's what Jesus is dying was about. It's not really my cup of tea to think about. Writings from the second century church refer to the wearing of ashes as a sign of penance. So the penance piece of it and people just like love wearing their ashes so yeah so really that's mostly what i found is like grief and penance that's what it's about oh okay steph here's a couple true or false oh these make me nervous okay (laughs) true or false ash wednesday is a holy day of obligation true it is not (gasps) it's not a holy day of obligation actually my friend angela shout out angela i texted a group text of a bunch of friends from catholic high school and was like guys i got ashes this is hasn't it's been a while and she was like do you know it's not a holy day of obligation and i was like it's not it's not just that like holy thursday good friday something saturday lots of yeah but not ash wednesday apparently it's optional i had no idea i don't know why yeah i don't think it was optional in my childhood but okay well that's also why i assumed it because i think at school they took us and i felt like oh they they normally took us to church on holy days of obligation so that's weird that they it wouldn't be although i read that despite not being a holy day of obligation is one of the most attended days of mass everyone wants their ashes right yeah i wanted ashes make that just make it a 
obligation because everyone wants it in. Everyone wants it. They're like, no, we're not. I don't know why it's so compelling to get ashes on your forehead. It's probably back to your theory about like Palm Sunday. Like everyone just wants something. Wants a thing. That was my, I've learned she was my, <laughs> my son was just looking at something that said, what's a, what's a cousin once removed? And I was like, oh, I want to watch this. I don't know. And uh, anyway, it, I've been calling her my great, great aunt, but I think she was my great grand aunt, Evelyn. Grand aunt who that was her theory that people show up to church when they get stuff if you get blessed with holy water if you get a palm if you get ashes you just want a thing yeah for free they should do that more often (laughs) they give communion every week you'd think people be in for that Mm. but need more yeah we need to change it up though and okay true or false you have to be catholic to receive ashes at catholic church true false oh my gosh the catholics hate giving things to non-catholics you don't even have to be christian and you can even be excommunicated you can even be excommunicated i had no idea the thing i've learned taken from all this quote-unquote research for this day is that ash wednesday is this weird day of anarchy in the catholic church you don't have to be catholic you don't even have to go it's not a day of obligation there's no rules you can wipe it off you can leave it on there's no rules around Ash Wednesday. It's madness. That's crazy. It kind of makes me like Ash Wednesday more because I like the lack of rules. Anyone can just walk in and get ashes? I guess they feel like it's a penance thing. So they're like, come one, come all, come repent. Yeah, they don't care if you if you feel bad about yourself. Everyone's allowed to do that. Guilt for everybody. <laughs> yeah. You're not allowed to be saved, but you can feel badly about yourself. Okay. There you go. And know you're going to die. Those are things that everyone Make sure you know that. (laughs) Give little Stephanie's anxiety all across the world. That's great. (laughs) The church is weirdly chill about Ash Wednesday. There are no rules, and I don't understand why. Also, anyone can give ashes, I think. Doesn't have to be the priest. What? I saw pictures at my high school that I went to. They posted on their social media of girls giving each other ashes. Like at their service female humans are allowed to do it female humans giving ashes to other female humans i bet teenage girl crosses look way better than old man priest crosses they have like little hearts at the top of them (laughs) emojis I'm the worst. they probably have statistically smaller thumbs than old man priest but (laughs) we talked about this i know we talked about this last year but yeah when you get the smudge and it's like doesn't look like anything it was the worst bummer this is blowing my mind ash wednesday who knew um i did see a little bit of ash wednesday in the news as well okay so let me tell you one that i enjoyed and one that i enjoyed less (laughs) one is your it's your guy it's francis yes this is from catholicnewsagency.com pope francis on ash wednesday you're gonna love this stuff this is gonna make you very happy this is one of his one of his winners great free yourself from quote the dictatorship of full schedules (laughs) (laughs) just wow sorry that was just like the most Marie Kondo thing great I love it It it's like free yourself from does this bring you joy right You don't need to get that laundry done. You're going to be fine. Pope Francis said that this was at um, the Ash Wednesday service that he that he did, that he presided over. Lent is a good time to examine ourselves in the light of truth, to let go of distractions like overbooked calendars and to improve our relationships with God and others. He said, let us set out on a path of fasting and use these 40 days to take stock of ourselves, to free ourselves from the dictatorship of full schedules, crowded agendas and superficial needs and choose the things that truly matter. Then he said is the favorable time to be converted to stop looking at ourselves and start looking into ourselves. All right. 
which honestly is in line with like the little journal activity yeah. I had to do. So all right, I think taking a break from a full schedule is a great. It's like the social media fast. That's a really good way to think about Lent. I think it's so funny because yes, all of it. They're like it's about penance, penance, penance. But then all this more. I don't. I'm hearing you also say it's just like it's just take a break. Just <sighs> yeah. Breathe. Which is the much healthier way, right? Because mm-hmm. like it's almost as if just keeping ourselves in a constant state of stress makes us less of a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mind blown. It's almost as if wow. it's unhealthy to keep yourself stressed and busy all the time and for capitalism to keep us on this like endless hamster wheel. It maybe impacts our relationships negatively. Maybe it makes you like a negative human and seeing the world through a negative lens. Yeah. Hmm. And makes you stressed out and not pleasant to your children or your spouse as you could be if you were, you know. Well, good for you, Pope Francis. I like that messaging. Thank you for sharing that. I'll take it. Um, There was an onion headline that made me... (laughs) angry unfortunately i normally like the onion i love them uh it made me angry and the headline which is apparently when they've run in the past oh since march 4th 2014 so they apparently this is every ash wednesday the headline just says cam girl has ash on forehead so i guess the joke is that sex workers don't go to church wouldn't that be funny if a sex worker was religious which Jesus literally hung out with sex workers like exclusively if anyone is mentioned in the Bible as being a Jesus follower who Jesus was cool with it's sex workers well I mean, I'm surprised I'm year after year because it just like doesn't it's not that funny it's not that funny also the people who actually have ashes on their foreheads and are involved in a cam girl situation are probably sex negative catholic dudes I was gonna say like if the headline was more like Cam girl's ashes makes male masturbator uncomfortable. That might yeah. make me more right. I don't know. Like right, that like, you're seeing her as a human being. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. But that's just the headline, and it's, I hated it. I hate it, and I, people were laughing, and I was like, this isn't funny. Why is it funny? Sex workers are allowed to go to church. Plenty of yeah. sex workers do go to church. And people are sex workers because they want to be and also because like we live in a society where that's the only option for some women and queer people. Um, and yeah, go to hell, everyone. <laughs> so that's how I felt about that headline, Onion. Yeah, onion, I think you just need another one. I think that's an older. Do better. Do something that makes me laugh when I hear it. <laughs> go repent, the Onion. Go get some ashes on your forehead and think about what's important to you. There I go. That's all I have for for Ash Wednesday. That was a pretty good quiz and some interesting news. Thank you, Anne. You're welcome, Steph. If if I got my results, I think I failed the quiz if we were going, um, if I was getting a grade on it, but it looks as though my Ash Wednesday Muppet character is definitely Oscar the Grouch. That's what I think. (laughs) That's what you get when you go to the quiz. You know, you like match. Like if you were a Muppet character based on your quiz, yeah, your BuzzFeed version, yeah. I feel like me giving this quiz creates the false impression that I knew the answers to these before going in and the answers. And I, that is not true. I had to no. look these up. Anytime I've ever given you a quiz, I have no idea what I'm doing beforehand. It's fine. I could pretend like it's my, you know, 
12 plus years of Catholic education that that just right. armed me so well that I know all this stuff but I didn't know I had no idea it wasn't a holy day of obligation I had a whole, I had no idea you didn't even have to be Christian to get the ashes I think it's just this like lingering feeling of exclusivity from being Catholic I mean obviously it's only us and we can only get it and only give it right. and it must be important because my parents are making me come here but yeah it's all so in the come one come all type of a thing do you have any recommendations for us? I'm trying to remember if I've recommended this before. I don't think I have. I was thinking of this book called Lamb. It's Lamb, The Gospel According to Biff by Christopher Moore. I feel like I've heard of this, but a long time ago. It's so good. I read it a long time ago, or at least five years ago. And it's a lot about that time that's missing from the Bible in Jesus's mm-hmm. life. So we have all these stories from when he's young, and then he like shows back up again, and he's like 30. So like what happened in between? And, and it's about him traveling and learning different practices like from Buddhists and, and his best friend Biff that he grows up with. And it's all told through Biff's viewpoint. Mary Magdalene is featured heavily as like a best friend from childhood. And it's, it just, I wouldn't try that. It's a really good book. It's filled with love and the good things about Jesus's message. And yeah, it's just generally very interesting. So I I recommend that book. Yeah. Great. A little irreverent, of course. (laughs) I wouldn't enjoy it if it wasn't. Exactly. You know what I did just learn? You know where there is probably in the Gnostic Gospels, but you know where else there is a little bit of an account of what Jesus did during those last years? No. In the Quran. Uh, Great. I love it. Yes. Of course there is. Right. They've got way more Virgin Mary content. They've got the the teenage Jesus. uh, Yes. Child and teen Jesus content we we don't have. So, and I don't even remember what all is in there, but... He just like disappears and returns. So... If you're looking for more Jesus content, the Quran, apparently the place to be. We should have someone talk about that for sure. Yeah, I would love to. That'd be great. I have one recommendation. So I am behind the times and watching a series that came out several years ago now. I'm watching Pose. Do you ever watch Pose? I haven't seen it yet. So it's so good. So what happened is I enjoy celebrity memoirs, specifically like as an audiobook. Mm-hmm. especially when I know the celebrity's going to be good at reading it. And so I listened to Billy Porter's book. Yes. And it's excellent. I really enjoyed it. it and so then I was like, I actually have never watched Pose and I should. Yes. So I started watching it and now I'm like, I'm I'm in halfway through season three, which is the last season. So I'll be sad when it's over. I'm sure it's so good. For folks who don't know, it is based on ballroom culture in New York in the 80s and early 90s, which was like a alternative LGBTQ scene, mostly black and uh, Latinx folks in the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. back then in New York. So it's, and it's these balls that they do in these houses that they had where there was like somebody asked, sort of acted as a mother and it was these like found families and, they, and then they'd perform. It's where drag as we know it sort of developed, was developing during that time, like the art form. And it's really great. But there's a lot of moments that they draw on like actual historical events that were happening during that time and even historical people. But they do season two, episode one, they do a die in at a Catholic church during mass. 
Oh, it's ACT UP, which was a AIDS yes. uh, organization at the time. This is when people were dying. A lot of people were dying and the government wasn't doing anything. And the Catholic Church was opposing teaching about condoms either in Catholic schools or in public schools even. So they did a die in during mass, which I was like, first of all, I was like, it is just interesting how deeply subversive that feels to me in my body. The idea of interrupting mass. Oh, yeah, no. Obviously, of course, you should be doing that to get people's attention, like, Mm -hmm. of course, and you're not actually hurting anyone by -hmm. laying on the ground during a mass. You're not. Right. But I just had such a feeling of like, I would be afraid to do that. Oh, yes. Like, I would be afraid to lay on the floor in the middle of a mass like that. But I looked it up and it's a real, it was a, I assumed that it was a real thing that happened and it was, Wow. it was act up at St. Patrick's Cathedral. It was specifically, they were calling out Cardinal John O'Connor because he was really anti like teaching about condoms in health class and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. As I read it, apparently even within act up, there were people who were like, I don't feel comfortable even within the organization one. who stayed out so there were like some people who ended up staying outside the church and protesting and then some people who came in during mass like dressed like they were going to mass and then Mm -hmm. at a certain point in the middle of the mass they all laid down um they're giving me chills there was like thousands of people involved 100 people were arrested that day you can get arrested for doing that they yep listen oh my goodness Seems like marginalized people can seem to be able to get arrested for anything. For anything. This is true. It's true. Yeah. So that <sighs> is in season two, episode one. I was like, oh, there's Catholic things happening. But uh, it's just a, also just a really good show and okay. entertaining and really an excellent chronicle of like certain issues during that time. So I recommend it. Nice. We had a request come in that we amplify a scholarship. Oh. Yeah. So the Women's Ordination Conference asked that we share information about their Lucille Murray Durkin scholarship. Okay. Um, They're in the seventh year of offering it. It's scholarship for $2,200 for women and non-binary people discerning priestly ordination, primarily in the Catholic tradition and secondarily in other denominations and pursuing theology studies. Well, this is great to honor Sister Vivian. Yeah, there we go. Oh, that's nice. That's perfect. Yeah. So you don't have to be in school, but you could be in some kind of formation or equivalent course. Their application process is open. Applications are due April 29th of this year. And more info, you can go to womensordination.org slash program slash scholarship. We will link to that. And yeah, they reached out to us to ask that we put it out there. So if folks are interested, there you go. Great. We need to do our special collection. For the people that have been affected by the earthquakes, multiple, in Turkey and Mm -hmm. Syria, and it's devastating how little assistance a lot of people got when that first happened uh we ask that people are donating to the syrian american medical society yes and we will link that in the show notes um we haven't reminded folks in a while just you can reach out to us yes please lapspodcast at gmail.com we're also on instagram facebook and uh you can call us at 5056 lapsed leave a voicemail we haven't had one in a while we Mm -hmm. would love to hear from you if you have um feedback or question or anything yeah rate review on all the places we can do that we've had some really lovely reviews recently but it really helps us uh when folks review so if you have a favorite episode something like that please and share yes share with your friends with your lapsed catholic friends on your feed all those things are very helpful to us thank you everybody well stuff and also with you also with you Anne. 